0: In shitty beer law news, Michigan's improving.
1: You like new beer? You're shit out of luck this year.
0: Rhode Island Brewery is kind of salty over Tom Brady leaving.
1: This is It's All Beer. Welcome to It's All Beer. Ironically, the hard seltzer of podcasts in that we are tasteless, we lack substance, and we are currently enjoying a huge worldwide surge in popularity. I think it's like two out of those three at this point in time, but the other one's coming. I'm Jeremy Jones.
0: i'm tyler superman
1: <laughs> ah, i got a chuckle out of you so that's like that's. A i'll give thing. you
0: an a minus on Woo! that one
1: <laughs> how you doing today
0: oh pretty good how are you uh
1: tired it's been uh, uh it's it's been a long day for me but you know uh you brought beer and that's that's what's gonna get us through this that's what's gonna get us through everything uh what did you bring us today
0: tyler uh, a couple different beers from barbarian brewing got a garden city um First one we'll start off with. Let's Carol Baskin this bitch. Uh, it's the Wolf King. Uh, <laughs>
1: that bitch Carol Baskin.
0: <laughs> that bitch Carol Baskins. <laughs> Fuck you.
1: I have to. I, I have to like wonder what it's like to suddenly have like a whole nation. A hate whole nation. You? I mean, not even like hate you. i like just just a whole nation just going, like reflexively going, oh that bitch Carol Baskins. How you doing? <laughs> I mean, not... Because there's no redeemable person on that show, so I don't know how many people actually have a hate on for her, but just like,
0: oh, yeah. Oh, bitch. I hate that bitch, Carol Baskins.
1: <laughs> I, Especially since she got the zoo now. <laughs> I mean, I, I have very little opinion other than she's one of the many awful people on that. But, yeah, just a whole nation suddenly going,
0: oh. Yeah, so this Barbarian's Wolf King. Uh, uh, sour. A uh, little spin off Tiger King being so popular.
1: The bar- uh, Barbarian. They do do their do they do do sours well
0: yeah I think it's got uh, I know it's got tiger blood slushy mix in it of course it uh, like watermelon puree a couple <laughs> other things
1: I don't know when they uh, they, they 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 branched off because their original thing was like old world barrel aged uh, beers um, they are now the, the 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 they're basically the the, the forefront in this uh, in, in this valley of putting weird shit in there and now okay tiger blood uh slushy mix makes sense
0: yeah
1: i mean fruity fruity slightly tart aroma
0: yeah trying to pull up the description right now so i can go yeah
1: tropical fruit that that tropical fruit coconut you know uh yeah a fruity a fruity tart beer yep refresh refreshing as it's starting to get warmer in every other area of the country, except for uh, here, where it de- it's deciding to be cold and rainy for a little bit longer, which I- I'm on board
0: with. Yeah, because you're a fucking mole. And, yeah, and your point is, don't judge me, Tyler. I'll judge you. First, let's judge some news stories. What we got, Jeremy?
1: All right. Well, uh, COVID kills craft again news now. Um, it's probably not terribly surprising uh, that the amount of new beers uh, being rolled out by breweries these days is is a bit on the decline. Um, beer sales have shifted from tap rooms over to the grocery stores, Um, especially big chain grocery stores, your Walmarts, your Costco's, your...
0: Albertsons, Fred Meyer. What
1: have you. Not corporate... You know, big corporations not known for their uh, wanting to take risks on new shit. Um... It's and
0: th- planning what's going to be on their shelf three months in advance. There's there's a whole corporate structure
1: that it doesn't really lend itself to. Ooh, we came out with this new beer. Then they're like, "That's adorable." That
0: we're doing a hundred cases of, and yeah. it's gone.
1: Yeah, the, you, from corporate America's standpoint, they kind of look at you and go, uh, "We don't we don't understand." And that lo- that looks too much like creativity. We don't like it. Crush it. Crush it under our boot. Fuck Corporate America. Anyway.
0: Um <laughs> How do you really feel?
1: Uh, they can suck on the fattest part of my grundle. All of them, collectively. All yes, right. I'm I'm borrowing your phrase. And I'm and, and
0: you didn't even give me credit for that until uh, I goaded right. you right there.
1: Finally. Alright, fine. Grundle, trademark Tyler. Uh, <laughs> I'll just now any time I say grundle I'll be like, they can suck the fattest part of my grundle, trademark Tyler. And you know, we're off the way All right. Anyway.
0: And he even wrote notes this week, guys. So, uh... <laughs> yes,
1: but I'm also tired. I've been drinking all day. Um... No, but you get the point. They don't like... They're not... Uh, they're not set up to do these.
0: They're not real agile.
1: Um... And so it would make sense that with less demand, there's there's less being produced. But it's, it's actually... A, it's a little bit more than that. Uh... This comes from an article from Jessica Infante at Brewbound. Um... The new product registrations from breweries breweries are down 43.4%, which, I mean, again, nearly half.
0: And this is with the TTB, correct?
1: Mm, Correct. So, I mean, so basically, this is the amount of uh, applications for new labels uh, is what we're talking about. So, not not necessarily meaning that they're not brewing different beers, but...
0: I was going to say, so... Little caveat when you when I saw this article, what well, pop first thing that popped into my head I was like, "Oh, that's a very good clickbait article headline." Awesome job, but doesn't necessarily translate. So, like in the state of Idaho, if you want to get a beer on the shelf here, you don't have to have the label approved by TTB. Correct. To sell it across state lines, you do. Correct. And there are several states that do require the label to be approved by ttb or their own version of the ttb uh but it's also that.
1: but it's so. also a, a a point in the process where you have a definable number it's i think otherwise it's hard you'd be it, you'd yeah. be hard pressed short of like doing a massive ba survey
0: which we seen how well they yeah people respond you know, to know how
1: many new beers are you making this month short of you know and was as reliable as that this is like the only i think this is the best place to like get a a sense it'll give
0: you a ballpark number
1: and so i and but it but i feel like that is indicative of you know the wider uh, of the wider uh uh the wider industry right now just i mean even
0: most of the meaty part of kind of the bell curve of breweries that produce and sell into stores and have a big bar presence are gonna be kind of put into that. The smaller brew pubs that mainly just turn and burn through there aren't gonna be represented. But that's you're talking a, about a like, smaller number of barrels a year. You're talking about
1: like decent, you know, um, mid-sized regional powerhouses. Off the yeah. off the top of my head, I'm thinking Fort George in this area, mm-hmm. uh, possibly Rogue um, Stone.
0: I'd I'd really say basically. Any, anyone who produces over, like...
1: Freem family.
0: 1,500 barrels. Yeah. And kind of up, I, I could see I mean, we're, from Idaho. We are
1: big enough where you're trying to get a few special releases out to the specialty stores. Yeah. You know. I mean, even here in town, you know, Payette, I think, might be close to that size where they might might be shipping out some things.
0: No, oh, they they ship...
1: Uh, I mean, shipping out special things to uh, out-of-state. Yeah. So. But... um, But... uh. And it makes a strange kind of sound, like we said, but um, it it turns out that well, at least the reigning theory is not so much that the, that the demand for these beers has fallen, so to speak. Because um, if anything, you know, yeah, a lot of people people are buying more package, uh, but there you know, it doesn't seem to be a terrible uh, uh, a terrible drop in specialty store sales, especially when it comes to package. Um, what the reigning theory is is that. Well, most breweries, their tap rooms serve several functions. One of which is a handy retail spot where they get to sell beer at you know a incredible margin, and the other is a bizarre kind of laboratory slash focus group. Yep. And so you do a pilot batch, you know maybe maybe as small as a barrel, and you wheel it out to your to the people who are in the tap room. Like, what do you think of that? And then they either you know they Yeah you say either they buy five pints and two growlers and are there the next day to buy more or they take a taste and they like say something polite like oh that's um interesting interesting that's that's uh yeah no i that's 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 okay yeah and then they look up at your menu and that's they're (laughs)
0: trying to find yeah they're like (laughs) or you have the occasional customer that's like that's just fucking dog shit
1: yeah that's let's yeah there are those like well that's awful I am that customer. I will be like, no, that's actually, that's terrible. I'm sorry. Were
0: you meaning to do that?
1: (laughs) Did you do that on purpose? You did? Oh, that's a shame. Uh...
0: (laughs) I just got a phone call. My dog died. Gotta
1: go. But, uh, no, that basically they, since they lost that, it's harder to gauge what they want to Especially when you get to that size Where you want to say Okay, this is a good beer We want to ramp this up to You know We want to ramp this up to production Package it And then sell it as a special release um, Without that Without that intermediary you, It's really tough to do that And so What they're What they're looking at is They Where I Where I will argue with the articles Like oh my god You know The craft Craft beer is not innovating anymore No but, I mean, it is, it is interesting to see that... Uh, that
0: And innovation also costs valuable resources in money. True. Where you're, if you do, let's say, your test batches a one-barrel batch. You do it, and the people in the brewery are like, Yeah, it's great! And then you do a 15 or a 10-barrel batch, and it had an expensive hop, or... Some crazy adjunct that cost a fuck ton to get like vanilla beans or something. Uh, And it flops out in the market. Yeah. Now you're sitting on that, not making money back. Or, and God forbid, if it doesn't turn out and it tastes like shit and you have to dump it, then you're out even more. And I think during this time when breweries especially are so strapped for cash, there's a little bit of hesitancy to go. Bet it on this crazy beer where we're gonna put a goat head in
1: <laughs> like an actual goat's head or like those little seeds like the here? little
0: seeds that destroy your feet and bike tires
1: <laughs> okay i was getting worried about you there first you just keep on making sacrificial beers i'm really worried about seeing your garage I, at this point in time i feel like you're gonna open up a satanist brewery um you'd like it I mean, I I definitely go down there and try some. Um, there and also let's there has been a shift because, the, you know, one of the interesting things is legacy brands that you know once you're into craft beer you don't really think about anymore. I'm talking about Sierra Nevada, Sierra Nevada's pale ale, mm-hmm. um, Fat Tire
0: from New Belgium,
1: uh, Boulevard's wheat. I mean, Boston Lager, Boston Lager. Yeah, these a lot of these brands are seeing, uh, as far as uh, percentages and growth, double digits, which is.
0: And I think I saw an article like to shoot saw like a nine or eleven percent like off prem boost just this last month, and they're just now getting ready to reopen their pub.
1: Right. So uh, there's there's has been kind of a people rediscovering like these old beers that they that they liked, and you know they're gonna buy a case of. To
0: I mean, when money was tight during the big shutdown and no one mm. knew what the fuck was going on, you wanted to spend your money on something you could get in the grocery store and. You knew it would taste how it was supposed to taste, and it was affordable.
1: Um, and then there's one more side to this, and we kind of hit. Well, did, a, did we didn't just kind of hit upon it uh, last week? Did a, I did a whole fucking rant about it? But the fact that you know the that with so much uncertainty, seasonals are being canceled. Um, and yeah. <laughs> Tyler, the fan, the, the over oh, the fan of seasonals, is crying over there. Yeah. Uh, no, seasonals are being canceled, which for a lot of breweries is their opportunity to try something new. Um, but there is one portion of the beer market that's still cranking out new varieties. Hard seltzer? Oh, wow. It didn't <laughs> take any time at all. <laughs> so I had like this big like buildup and no, I didn't. I it was like, I was, I think I penciled in there. Tyler's going to guess immediately. Yes. Fucking hard seltzer. Because
0: hard seltzer is any economic downturn, any global pandemic any bad thing you could possibly think of that could affect the human race, Heard Seltzer will still see a rise in fucking sales because we're all a bunch of degenerates who just want to guzzle down 5% alcohol sugar water.
1: They accounted for 60% of all the new labels uh, oh, yeah. applied for this year.
0: Oh, yeah, because White Claw's like, let's throw out 50 new fucking flavors because <laughs> all the fucking keto guidos... We'll fucking just guzzle it down.
1: The opinions of Tyler are not necessarily those of its all beer or its subsidiaries. What subsidiaries? I might have a subsidiary someday. You don't know. Keto K- Guidos, Tyler. <laughs> not exactly sure who that's racist to, but I feel like it is somewhere. Well, obviously the Italians, but, <laughs> but uh... they're white people. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> do you have any more rants on hard seltzer before we, we leave this one to the side?
0: Uh... No, it, it's unstoppable.
1: Okay. Well, you know, we all knew it was going to be seltzer. So uh, enjoy your hard seltzers. You unbelievable tools, you.
0: <laughs> Tyler, what's next? Well, a glimmer of hope in this seltzer forsaken land. Beer forsaken. Seltzer is Yeah.
1: Abundant. It's the coming of the Antichrist is what it is. I think I think something got misread in the Bible, and you know they said Instead
0: of four horsemen, it was four seltzers. It
1: would be white claw, truly. Bud Light, Natty Light. <laughs> oh God. Those are the four horsemen. Alright. Woohoo, the end times are upon us. Well, Peace be the, with you. The Trump and <laughs> the, the Trump and Claw. Um, <laughs> well,
0: some good news coming out of Lansing, Michigan. Um, this words have never been said <laughs> ever, not in this century. Uh, this is uh, by David Eggert from the Associated Press. Uh, so we've spent countless episodes talking about shitty beer laws.
1: I mean, it's become prevalent recently as. We even talk. Well, we talked about shitty beer laws leading up to all hell breaking loose. But when all hell broke loose, they became a little bit more important to... They, they, be, they became a more than just an obstacle to craft beer. They became a fucking you know, noose around their neck.
0: So, Michigan has done something to change that. Uh, they have a new legislation that just was voted unanimously by the Senate and has moved to the governor's desk in Michigan... Uh, that is going to bump the self-distribution cap from 1,000 barrels per year up to 2,000 barrels per year that you can produce and still self-distribute. Um, as well as on-premise sales would no longer count against the limit. I'm assuming they mean own-premise, not just
1: on-premise. As in beer sold out of your own tap, tap room. room. Which would make the most sense because I mean you can you could probably easily clear that limit at a decent sized tap room. Yeah, um, and I'm
0: assuming that if you're selling to bars and restaurants for on premise consumption, they're not counting I mean, that. Yeah,
1: if I mean if they, now, if it's
0: two thousand to sell two, off to off-premise off premise accounts.
1: No. Yeah, I mean, and not even counting what you sell in your tap room and what you sell to uh, uh, bars and restaurants. I mean, at that point, good on you, Michigan, but I yeah. don't think that's what no. it is. I think it's yeah not counting, which is still great because again, like I said you could you could get close to that limit if not clear it at a tap room,
0: oh yeah, I mean that that's a big game changer, especially if someone was close to that and were only selling through their tap room and didn't really want to get out and distribute and now they can basically sell twice as much through their tap room right, and twice as much out the door, so um with this here uh, a couple of the people who sponsored this uh, actually said it became more urgent as brewers were closing due to the coronavirus pandemic uh, that, and they said that s- these small businesses are the center of many communities throughout our state um, so with this here a uh, nice win and antiquated beer laws for the Michigan craft brewers.
1: I mean it is it it is I guess nice to see them, you know, a whole bunch of lawmakers just admit that they were bullshit laws to begin with.
0: And I mean, they should just get rid of the fucking barrel limit, but I yeah, but you know, distributor lobbyists aren't going to let that fly.
1: Yeah, we're still dealing with, but I baby steps, baby steps. Um, but but yeah, like you said, it is it's 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 good to see these get swept away, and it sucks that we had to have a you know a pandemic to do it. But
0: I'm glad they didn't just go, "Hey, we're gonna just temporarily forget about this. Uh, We'll deal with it when the pandemic's over." And they didn't do that. They just said, "Okay, let's put in this bill. Let's get a permanent change." done to benefit you i'm not
1: i'm still not convinced that the temporary changes like the like the especially what immediately comes to mind obviously is either the laws or the temporary laws or just the we don't give a shit just do what you need to do when it comes to delivering beer uh that popped up all over the country where again either they said they made a law that said it's okay or everybody who enforces the law just kind of shrugged and said uh, uh, we don't care um I don't see that genie going back in that bottle.
0: I I was going to say that toothpaste is hard to get back in the tube. Whatever and your whatever your uh, uh metaphor, version of that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, metaphor for
1: that is. Um uh so, so it's
0: I'm curious to see how this all plays out when we finally get to what's considered normalish. I mean the the the
1: vaccine that
0: you know everybody gets everybody gets a shot
1: except for the crazy people you know carrying guns in front of the state house. We know you're not going to get a vaccine. Calm down, Jethro. Um, because Bill Gates trying to track me. Bill Gates knows where you are. You uh, ginormous fuckhead. But- Bill Gates doesn't give a fuck where <laughs> you are.
0: Let's be honest. <laughs> if he wanted to, he could hire someone to go beat you with a two x four.
1: And 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 Bill Gates, if you want someone to beat him with a two x four.
0: I, I'm taking applications. I, you know, I'm, let's talk.
1: But anyway. Make a uh,
0: cut rate deal.
1: <laughs> the point is, yeah, it will be I, – I do kind of wonder if, like, there's going to be a bunch – going to be a – you know, come that point in time where we – this is four or five years behind us. Mm-hmm. and Are we still going to have cocktails to go – we you know well, we'll we're where at any point in time they're come to be like well we need to you know repeal all these laws during the crazy times when we were all infected and i think you're like no we there were people weren't people were fine they were drinking at home and there okay, was
0: okay we were drinking <laughs> driving down the fucking road no one cared <laughs>
1: everything was fine society sort of kind of functioned relaxed their uh, uh 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 johnny god son of a bitch and uh go back to church and, and drink some sacramental wine, motherfucker. We know what you're doing. Speaking of, speaking of beer, what beer is
0: next? <laughs> uh, so next is the Post Melon. Um, if I remember correctly on this one... Man, I should have really pulled up the fucking descriptions on this uh, before I sat down.
1: Aces, Tyler. Just aces uh, uh, podcasting today.
0: <laughs> it's almost summer break, Okay. <laughs>
1: So, in case you haven't
0: noticed, a couple of weeks. Finish your fucking beer.
1: Um, We do take a summer break, and apparently, leading up to that, we stop giving a shit.
0: It's like in school, man.
1: (laughs) The last couple of weeks, you're like, just checked out. Uh,
0: But no, I will pull up the description for you, Jeremy, and all our wonderful listeners.
1: Do that. I'll wait. Okay.
0: Suck my Grundle, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, so you, the you tiger's gru- blood.
1: You didn't say Grundle trademark, Tyler.
0: But it's Tyler saying it, so you I already to, got my you, trademark. You saw uh, so that. So the tiger's here. blood or the wolf king is a goza with salt. Tiger's Blood Snow Cone Mix, Watermelon, and Key Lime Flavoring.
1: I did definitely get a lot of salt on the last little bit of that. Yeah. And the Post Melon?
0: I'm pulling it up. That's what she said.
1: Oh!
0: And that's how Jeremy went blind from pulling his pud.
1: I see very good and pull my pud constantly, I'll have you know. (laughs) Uh, that's a, that's not a, that's not that's not true at all. I have to wear some contacts that you, other people would use to see the goddamn uh, <laughs> craters fucking on the moon. moon. <laughs> but worth every minute of
0: it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not finding okay this one for post melon, but well, I think it's. I mean, let's say honeydew
1: that. and cantaloupe like goza. So I get a very neutral aroma, like like grapefruit tart. To be honest. If you just said this is like a Berliner, light or just a straight Goza, I don't think I could pick out much, I don't think I'd argue with it. I don't pick up much in the way of fruit. Um, let me get one more, now my palate's adjusted.
0: It's a Honeydew and Cantaloupe Berliner Weiss.
1: Yeah, if you just said this is a straight Berliner Weiss, I don't think I would argue with you. I don't get hardly any melon flavor at all.
0: I get a slight, but... I mean, they're,
1: they're really subtle flavors anyway, but... Um, I mean, it's nice, it's, you know, tart, refreshing... Yeah, kind Okay. Of I, I don't dislike it. I just don't get much melon on it.
0: No, it's you really kind of have to look for like the cantaloupe and the melon.
1: Yeah, I guess a little bit on the back. I get a little bit of cantaloupe, but yeah, all right.
0: But still, just a nice, easy drinker for a hot day. So, um, got a little bit of a brewery being spiteful news.
1: Now. Woo! Brewery's being spiteful so, in the eye.
0: Um. <laughs> uh, as everyone pro- who knows Jeremy knows, he's a huge sports fan.
1: I mean, I, I love me the sports. Yeah. Um, I especially like the baseballs and the basketballs.
0: <laughs> well, we're on football
1: news, so... I also like the footballs. I like it when they throw the footballs and then they hit each other and they bleed out on the pavement.
0: Yeah, yeah. that That's how it goes. Yeah. Uh, but... <clears throat> uh, so... <laughs> it, <laughs> The big news in the football in the NFL offseason was Tom Brady uh, leaving the New England Patriots to go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously. Uh and he his former tight end came out of retirement and demanded a trade from the New England Patriots to go down to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to play with Tom Brady.
1: Just a quick thing. I mean, just um, did he used to play at Indianapolis? Brady? Brady? No. Okay. Who am I thinking of? Peyton Manning. Okay, yeah. I shot in his bathroom.
0: Yeah, he has like a uh, eight head. Okay, that's how big his forehead is. You could land a fucking hovercraft on it.
1: He also has his own bathroom in Indianapolis, and I've shat there.
0: Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people have.
1: No, actually, it's on the field. You have to. It's it's the Manning bathroom. Um, they put it in just for him. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I have not shat in Peyton's bathroom, but I will. I will. <laughs> and Brady, see me. Brady's. I'll shit in his bathroom too. Okay, I'm coming for your bathroom Brady
0: I hope to god this gets back to him <laughs> And he's like I'll fly you out And I'm like I'm coming I'll, I want to destroy that toilet
1: And we're doing an episode from his fucking living room I've eaten nothing but tacos For three days <laughs> And Panda Express yes. And Tom knows Panda Express today
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh Well, so. (laughs) We also get loopy
1: towards the end of the year.
0: As most people probably know, uh, the people of the Massachusetts, Rhode Island, kind of New England area are very polite, don't hold any grudges, or get worked up at all. They're not Celtic at all, no. Fucking (laughs) chowds. All
1: right. And Tyler's just being Casually racist to Like random white people
0: Uh, So Smug Brewing uh, Out of Pawtucket, Rhode Island Which already, on brand (laughs) Uh Introduce A new beer called Traderade Uh, in honor of Both the expatriate stars Uh, it's an imperial Fruit sour with sea salt So you could say they're a little salty about it A little Uh and the packaging includes a l- clever play on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers throwback logo. Uh, the Bucko Bruce logo has been changed up uh, to show the rooster from Smug Brewing dressed as the Buccaneer on the logo with Trader Aid. Oh
1: yeah, that's a cock pirate. <coughs>
0: And there's the name of the episode. There's the Cock Pirate. (laughs) Uh, And their tagline on it is, This beer reminds me of getting old and having to retire in Florida. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, sour, fruity, salty. Yeah, I could... You kind of want something easy drinking for, you know, giving up on life and going to Florida.
0: Yeah. Uh, and they use Florida Key Limes in the beer as well. Excellent. So, really just kind of double down on the little poke at. It's a middle
1: finger in beer form, which I always, I I always appreciate those.
0: But, all the Patriots fans, (sighs) and they were like, we still love them. They're, they were great players. We appreciate everything they did. This is us just trying to make a joke. Don't get pissed off, people. (laughs) Uh. That being said,
1: I'm sure people are pissed. off. Oh, I'm
0: sure people are fucking torched, but I'm also sure some of them were like,
1: "Fuck yeah, give me a case." I mean, I want some, yes, and I so, don't even give a shit about what. the So people... if
0: anyone can get Jeremy a cock pirate, <laughs> send it over to him.
1: I will take your cock pirate. Well, that that came out wrong. All right, let's uh, let's move on.
0: <laughs> what do we got next, Jeremy? All right,
1: new old beer styles news now. Woo! Uh, this What's are... oldest
0: news again. <laughs>
1: Even weirder than that, uh, the article, this kind of article comes from, uh, Good Beer Hunting, and it tells, a, a, a tape, basically, there's this, there's an archaic style of beer that you've never heard of, I've never heard of, I'm gonna mispronounce the shit out of, um. Let's brew one. But it is, before, wait till you, wait till I describe what it is before you say that, um, it is causing a, a strange change in uh, this South South African beer uh, craft beer scene. And before you say it, yeah, South Africa has
0: got a bit of a craft beer scene. I knew that.
1: Um, it's The article starts off. So last year at the South African National Homebrew Competition, a, per, a participant submitted a beer that was a hybrid of what they call clear beer, which is beer. In South Africa, they make a distinction between beer which they call clear beer and this a traditional style called and here we go um how was that u m q o m b o t h i umko umkambathi
0: umkambathi
1: that's that is what i'm going to go with <laughs>
0: <I'll>
1: allow it <laughs> <laughs> if you know what, how to pronounce that vomit of syllables um please let me know
0: <laughs> and we're sorry if we offended you because we butchered that jeremy jones's I'm... insensitivity does not reflect the views of <laughs> it's all beer or any of its subsidiaries i'm gonna
1: butcher some uh, i'm gonna butcher some other words and some names so you're just gonna have to deal with that um no but so anyway so a participant uh, um uh did a, a a blend of just beer and this umkabathi. And for the first time ever in this competition, or to my knowledge, any competition, the judges refused to score the beer.
0: Whoa.
1: Um, And this uh, uh, came from uh, one of the judges, Cameron Gray, quote, We felt that the beer, uh, Uncabathe-sorghum-wheat-beer hybrid, was entered in the wrong category, and so we, we couldn't score it. Quick note, um obviously they're doing it wrong because beers are entered in the wrong category all the time and the what and what and here's the proper way to deal with it um well and, that's going to lose <laughs> you got no you got one person at the table who goes it's a good beer i don't care what the style says and you have to argue with this guy ad nauseum uh, about beer styles and till you know, and he's
0: trying to die on that hill and you yeah. have a hung fucking jury basically
1: yeah until you until you basically agree that some the uh, to at least like give it a a uh, a third place medal just to quiet that Dingleberry up. Not that I have any experience with this at all. I
0: was gonna say, sound like you have a certain person <laughs> in
1: mind. No, not a certain person. They, they, this is a this is an archetype in judging. This is this type of person exists. You know who you are. Um, but anyway, no, that's how you. That's, you have a person in mind. <laughs> I have like five people in mind. But I know there's others. Um. But anyway, so, uh, anyway, uh, to continue the quote, in retrospect, I think we made a mistake, but as a judging panel, none of us had any context on how to judge, compare, or score, uh, Um, so, what the fuck is this style? Uh, which I also sympathize with, because at the last homebrew competition I went to, someone entered a Belgian single. And I have never had a Belgian single.
0: Is there even a style guideline for yes, that?
1: Yes, there is.
0: Oh, okay.
1: The thing is, is that you can't, all the beers they list, you can't get out of Belgium. Really? But the, 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 the style itself are.
0: There's like an American adaptation? Or?
1: I mean, it was some guy reading it and, you know, reading the style guidelines and giving it a shot. Um, and we, I, th- I think we awarded him a medal. Um, I think we, actually, I think he, we gave him gold because we're like, well, we're not exactly sure how to how it relates to a Belgian single, but it is extremely good. So, well done, sir. Sold so, move. So we kind of, but I kind of understand. We're like, this is a really good beer. I have no idea what a what a world class version of this is. So we'll go get, get, uh, go with it. But this was even weirder. So, uh, Unkabathe. Well, like many like many like really traditional styles, it's a product of like it's almost like a farmhouse style that. Evolved in the rural areas of Africa You know Where people uh, uh, All over the world Far away from society Have to figure out How to get Fucked up Tale as old as time Um, From the way they describe it though Actually I'm very interested Because it sounds The process they describe And how they consume it And Everything else about it Sounds extremely similar to like ancient Egyptian beer or even ancient Babylonian beer. Oh, um, and so I kind of imagine that this was what those you know, what beer would have tasted like in ancient Egypt or ancient Mesopotamia, and there's you know that which makes some sense. There's some you know influence from that area. Um, at its most basic, Umkabathe is a sorghum-based, wild fermented beer. Okay. Um, so, and if you were so inclined, strap in. Here's how you make it. Strapped in. Takes five days. Day one. Damn. You start with sorghum and corn. Not sure how much of each, but probably more sorghum than corn. Malted sorghum for preference. Uh, you toss that in some warm water and you leave it there overnight. That's day one. Okay, I didn't do that. Day two. You add more water and boil that shit for an hour. Um, you also scoop off like a like like a the, the majority of grains that will have that will have floated to the top, and you give that to the kids. Apparently, it's called here we go umco, and the U M H I Q O.
0: I feel like <laughs> I saw this on an episode of the booze Traveler.
1: <laughs> it's possible.
0: Like I am about eighty percent sure.
1: I mean, it, 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 I'm very, it's very possible. This is you know, this style has been around for you know millennia. Um, you so umco, you you uh, you give that off. You get you you take that off. You give that to the kids. Uh, apparently, people who grew up, grew up on farms in South Africa or Zimbabwe remember it very fondly, um, as in like one of the greatest treats they could get. It sounds like a sour corn and sorghum porridge, which. They sprinkled sugar on it, but otherwise I guess you have to be there. Yeah. Um, day three. Fermentation is started with malted sorghum. It's actually the wild yeast on the sorghum itself that kicks off fermentation. Um, so, day four, uh, when I imagine it's still very actively fermenting, uh, they use a strainer or sieve to remove more of the grains. And uh, by day five, it's time to drink that shit. It's served in a communal pot, um, and it's still very much fermenting. Like, uh, uh, to drink it, what you do is, you you know, the, you're passing it. You blow off the, the Krausen that's still on there, and you take a sip. And uh, it's apparently interesting. The writer of this article, um, Lucy Crone or Korn, uh, the, she said the color is um, milky grayish pink. Um, She described the mouthful as thick and gritty, with particles of grain still suspended in the beer. And she said it's definitely an acquired taste. Uh, Quote, the the uh, the milky texture, the the, the sourness and the milky texture together make the initiate think of spoiled milk or yogurt. Mm. The texture leaves you self-consciously wiping flakes of grain from your lips after every sip. Um, Alcohol would have been in like the mid three, maybe like high three percent. So, you drink a lot of this really, really thick um, uh, beer. But she also notes that for those who grew up with it, this uh, uh, they remember it very fondly because it's they make it for special occasions, holidays, weddings, that kind of thing. So, if you're making uh, uh, umbate, good times are being had. Okay. Which may, so why are we talking about an archaic style that, I mean, it's basically, like I said, ancestral beer. Well, uh, like I said, South Africa is getting a huge surge in craft breweries in the last 10 years. But up to this point, they've really been taking their cues from from uh, traditional British or German styles. Okay. Um, or from, you know, those fucking crazy ass Yankees doing weird shit. Um, <laughs> Um, but much like American, how American craft beer keeps digging up, you know, old styles, uh, Goza, for example, which was, you know, pretty much pronounced dead in it's, uh, uh home of Lipsig, Um, Umbathe has drawn a lot of interest from, uh, South, uh, South African craft brewers that are looking for something uniquely South African or even like uniquely African about, uh, about their brews. Um... One of the first people to take the style, refine it, and make it more accessible um, to a wider audience. Um, his name... Here we go again. Uh, Lethu... I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. It's... Let's call him Lethu. <laughs> um, uh, he grew up in rural Zimbabwe. Fond memories of his grandmother making uh, Umbathe. Uh, he started uh, Ukaba Beer Works with his wife. And... He was doing, like, the regular run of things. He has an American IPA. He's got a blonde ale. Um, But he wanted to, like, take uh, the idea of Umbathe and, like, make it not vaguely horrifying. Um, What he did was he started off with a mix of 60% barley and 40% sorghum. And then he actually pitched Saison yeast.
0: Ooh, Okay give it that similar funky so, profile so i mean but it, but not as not
1: as funky as you would get with like really wild fermentation
0: yeah, like with more some britannis my season
1: with yeah with some i mean with some of those qualities but you kind of like but yeah it is it does sound like you you take that idea but you know more i guess uh, uh not as intense yeah because you're not gonna get and a little sour,
0: more controlled
1: exactly um, he was like the first person to like, to like, uh, take this style and like, and this is, by the way, this has all happened in the last year. Uh, this homebrew competition that I mentioned at the early of this article that happened last year. Damn. Um, this guy released this beer, I think a year before that. Um, now this is, I mean, this is all, v- v- th- this is their version of like sour beers that erupted all at once in the American craft brew scene. Or you know what have you? But um, um, it was actually also a feature of the Cape Town Homebrewers Club, um, where they all got together to make a batch of uh, Umbathe, Two mixed reviews; those who actually grew up with it were very fond of it. There was a lot of people who were very disturbed, like this is not beer. What are what what are you people doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's quickly a, a like I said, more and more people are experimenting with it, and. Um, incorporating it this, um, uh, this another other example um, this is actually a work in progress uh, it's called Wild African Soul um, uh, made by a woman who comes from a long lines of brewers of, uh, this, uh, uh, of this of this style she decided to brew it but she then aged it in wine barrels I'm guessing after letting it fairly, fully ferment she aged it in wine barrels and actually pitched Brett after a year it's then blended with a beer she already brews from a brewery called Live Culture, a more traditional sour beer, um, using Weldy's harvested in Africa. Okay. Um, but I mean, it's it's still in the works. But it, again, it has this, like this. It's an attempt to like it's an attempt to blend like this traditional style with a more like, with a more like what they would call clear beer. And essentially, any beer that's not still.
0: So- yeah made this traditional way mm-hmm.
1: just to put a kind of just kind of put a, where they w- where south africa is uh, in reference to um in, to, in craft beer um right now they're in the middle of the they've just started the haze craze they are uh, all their breweries are right now trying to replicate new england style ipas damn uh 2012 they did the black ipas um brewed ipas was last year That kind of puts you on the, kind of puts you, like, where they they are, like...
0: A couple years behind, but I feel like they're just hitting their, like, craft beer revolution.
1: And that's the point. I mean, what they're, a lot of why this is suddenly important is because for a lot of brewers down there, they don't want to just do what the United States did two years previous. Yeah. I mean, to a certain extent, yeah, let's do some of those, but they want something uniquely African.
0: And that they can tie back to them.
1: Yeah. Uh, The brewer of the actual, the the brewer from the Wild African Soul, uh, here we go, I'm going to try to pronounce this, Nuxani Maswala, I am so sorry, (coughs) Uh, said, quote, we need to start making uniquely African beers. My dream is to see beers that are using African ingredients being recognized on a global stage. What I would really like to see is visitors coming to South Africa and tasting beers that they have never had in their life before and they couldn't taste anywhere else in the world. So um, that is – there you go. That is uh, a, a new craft beer revolution uh, developing kind of independently. And that, that's – that just made me very happy. That's awesome.
0: I'd be down to try it. I mean, uh, I'll drink almost anything.
1: Well, I mean, you're from northern Idaho. You drink turpentine if you got desperate enough. True. But, uh, I mean, there's a part of me that does want to, like, try – I mean, it, the, it does sound like a pretty easy recipe to do, but – I also think it would be, well, and actually the writer mentioned like, so she had spent some time backpacking this area, you know, years ago and she tried this and was, it was to her, it was just awful. Like she politely took a little bit and then put it to the side and found a way not to drink it. But when she went back, I think for this article or, or around then, she had realized that it wasn't bad and she kind of said, oh, because I've become used to farmhouse styles to wild fermented beers to sour beers and so suddenly the flavor profiles i'm getting off of this beer are not so wow your face yeah well and they're not so alien because remember i mean if you're if you are uh, um having this beer 10 years ago or or yeah. so or yeah you know the idea of wild fermented beer beer still hadn't caught on much outside of a very select you
0: know
1: yeah i mean you had all right Where you got wild fermented beer was from, like, maybe two places. Number one, your homebrew club, and it wasn't so much a... Well, it could be on-purpose wild fermented, or it could be someone bringing an infected mess, (laughs) or from a few breweries that were experimenting. Or
0: some Belgian breweries. Or some...
1: Or, yeah, or you make the trek to Belgium, and you actually... You know, one of the few breweries that are still doing it out there. Yeah. But, um... Now that's, like, uh, entered a greater global consciousness, she was able to kind of approach this uh, in a way, she's like, oh, it's still not my favorite, but I can kind of, yeah, it makes more sense.
0: Yeah. Uh, So I, why we were kind of going over this article, uh, I did kind of Google, season one, episode 14 of Booze Traveler, he talks about a Zulu tribal (sighs) beer. It's all the description says- So, I'm almost curious if that's what it was.
1: Zulu, I feel like, is further north-central Africa, but it wouldn't surprise me if there's...
0: Th- this was labeled South Africa, Hidden oh. Gems.
1: Oh, all right then. Well, then never mind. I'm an idiot.
0: It, it could very well be, or it could be a different <laughs> thing. But I was like, when you started describing this, I was like, all of this sounds for like countries developing their craft beer. They truly do need to almost set themselves apart from the rest of the world if they can
1: i mean it's definitely a way to i mean necessary no but it's that's i mean that's kind of at the heart of the american uh version of uh, american craft beer revolution is being able to produce is being able to tie it locally Mm -hmm. and produce things with ingredients and
0: and i mean i feel like the belgians they were always they showcase the yeast mm -hmm. very well The Germans showcased the malts very well. And then America was like, oh, well, shit. What did the British do? Ah, fuck the British. Uh, I was kind of curious. I mean, I would say, like, German
1: fermentation and precision had their, and then there's the British British. with their, I mean, malt forward, but, you know. Yeah, but. And and, bitterness. Well, and you say bitterness because bit burnt upon Trent.
0: True. Bitterness, and they had the water chemistry for the first couple IPAs. But then Americans just kind of took it and said, we're going to show you Hoppy. <laughs> we,
1: we we showed we, we showed you our hops. We we, we created Hoppy. We we, we we unzipped our pants and showed you our hop dick.
0: Yeah, and just flopped it up, the loopy lens on the table, and <laughs> said, Check. look at it. Look at it. You're not looking at it. Um, Stare it in the
1: eye. <laughs> Don't make it weird, Tyler. <laughs> Do you have anything else? Or are you just going to sit here making, like... Optic jokes. Uh,
0: I, I, I got a little fun article to tie everything up. <laughs> 7-Eleven and Carlsberg are teaming up in Hong Kong for a little fun one-off.
1: 7-Eleven and Carlsberg, two companies that shouldn't exist anymore that inexplicably do and they know they're the worst.
0: Hey, uh, we, If you've listened to our, all our other podcasts, you know we've talked about Carlsberg a couple other <laughs> times. Uh, I really like their, uh, probably not the best beer you've ever had <laughs> tagline.
1: Uh, if you'll, I think, I think I actually, uh, uh, called it, uh, something about Carlsba- Carlsberg, but yeah, they really, very briefly, um, if you've not had a Carlsberg in a while, um, don't. Congrats. But, um, they, uh, uh, their, 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 uh, uh, tagline was probably the best beer in the world. Um, but they had a, like a little, Come to Jesus, and they rename themselves. Like, well, they rename the like, probably not the best beer in the world, and yeah. on top of trying to improve their quality.
0: Yeah. So uh, they partnered up with Seven Eleven, and they're doing a new concept shop uh, this summer in Discovery Bay in Hong Kong. Um, visitors will get first dibs on trying different Carlsberg brews, which will change on a regular basis. <laughs> exclusive (laughs) only to the shop so basically they're doing a fucking american tap room there two things number one um i feel like
1: that's where you're just gonna be able to taste like other versions of carlsberg where they fucked up
0: well you want to know some of the so to kick things off they have three new beers available for it
1: three new horrible carlsberg beers
0: elephant strong named after the original brewery side of the carlsberg breweries okay elephant gate it's an extra strong and rich in multi character with a henna caramel that perfectly balances the beer's dry bitterness
1: and in no way tastes like raw sewage
0: probably uh it's in hong kong uh i mean
1: that's what it, it, I, I
0: the carlsberg export a premium strength lager brewed to the brand's original danish recipe and has deep malty notes with a distinct bitterness and the last one would you like to guess it uh IPA? No. Okay. The unfiltered <laughs> <laughs> is an unfiltered I should have fucking said hazy. <laughs> is an unfiltered full body pilsner with a rich multi sweetness and a crisp hoppy bite.
1: Well more like a keller beer, really. Yeah. Not like a hazy, but a keller.
0: Uh, so if uh some of the first visitors will receive a limited edition Carlsberg beer glass upon spending sixty dollars. Jesus H Christ. Or over from June 24th to July 21st, you need a therapist if you've spent 60 bucks on Carlsberg. Uh
1: that better that's what what better come with it, someone to like figure out where your life went wrong.
0: Well, also if you visit between June 25th or June 28th between noon and 4 on one of those days and be sure to take a photo a slamming photo by the Carlsberg Insta Wall, upload it to Facebook or Instagram, show it to a member of the staff, and receive a 250 milliliter mini Carlsberg beer glass. <laughs> so basically, they're doing an American tap room in a gas station.
1: I mean i i have to I have to i, I, I note that they've removed the probably not the best beer in the world uh, from their. I little- did
0: that. I did notice that too. So
1: I mean, they've already like, they like, show we just make better beer. No, let's just make a gas station uh, 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 of it and equivalent. Yeah, and then that's how we will save our brand. How high are you right now, X Well, yes, <laughs> <laughs> we make probably the worst beer in the world. So I'm high as balls.
0: <laughs> you almost smoke this hundred dollar bill. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, if you happen to go to Hong Kong and want to check that out, uh, send us a picture, and you know, we will shave you.
0: And enjoy your two-week quarantine when you get back to the states.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that's still a thing. Wouldn't know it from looking around. Anyway, oh, this has been it's all beer. Um, if you uh, if if you've listened to these stories and you think there's ones that we would we should cover, would you know? Be better than what we are, what we are doing. Uh, you can send them to us. You can get a hold of us uh, at it'sallbeer at gmail.com. Uh We post all of our stories on on our Twitter account. That's it's all beer one. Because some asshole apparently got it for us. And
0: motherfuckers.
1: We post uh, we, and I post pictures of what we're drinking during the podcast on Instagram and Facebook and updates and what have you. Uh, you can find us at it's all beer. Um, and leave us a rating if you if, if you're enjoying this podcast. Uh, it, it makes Tyler happy, and I think he's about like one more episode for from, from, from calling this shit. So <laughs> he's just he's like he's like one more. I'm gonna do one more, one more, and then fuck it, fuck it. I'm gonna go buy Carlsberg.
0: Fuck yeah! Know, you... I'm trying to get that brewery out of Chicago on Craigslist.
1: <laughs> How's that going, by the way?
0: Uh, uh, I don't know. I need to check and see if it's still up on Craigslist. <laughs>
1: Uh, That was last week's episode. Go go listen to that one, and then listen to this one again. And that'll be
0: all from us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm going to go drink a beer. Have fun.